Eagles Entertainment. Everything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the day. And we're going to break down the loss as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy. And as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 513. At the top of today's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with Greg Cosell as we look back uh, at an, a, uh, a tough loss uh, against the Arizona Cardinals. I, t- I said it yesterday on the show, on the postgame show. Uh, no different, no different feelings uh, after going through the film um, you know, on Monday. So uh, Greg and I are going to talk through it. It was not all negative. So we'll talk through some of the we'll talk through the negatives at the top. We'll get through the positives as well. And then preview uh, the Week 18 game against the New York Giants that is now announced for Sunday afternoon, 425 kickoff. Uh, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Lions all playing at the same exact time uh, to determine the two and three seeds. And so uh, the NFC playoff picture will all be mapped out by Sunday evening when the sun is down on the East Coast. So uh, the Eagles will play break it all down. Uh, we're going to get through that this game. We're going to get through that matchup against the Giants. Uh, before we get there, as always, head on over to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. You know it all by now. Uh, that said, let's get into it now. Our chat with Greg Cosell in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, back again for another recap uh, of this Eagles tape. Uh, my friend Greg Cosell is the Eagles. Uh, again, drop this game to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they now are sitting in a spot where they need some help, Greg. Uh, going into week 18, they need the Dallas Cowboys to lose, uh, and the Eagles will need to win in order to take the uh, the NFC East uh, for the first time in back-to-back years uh, since 2004. But uh, bigger issues, obviously, for the Eagles. I mean, look, the, yeah. the division will be nice, but you want to also, like, kind of build some some positive momentum going into the postseason. Uh, and so a win this week would help to do some of that. Yeah, I mean, you you know, you want to play well going into the playoffs. That's not a profound statement. Right. That's obvious. And, uh, and, you know, I think overall we see that the team's not playing well in all phases. And, you know, you want to, you want to feel good about going into the playoffs. Um, so this uh, – Regardless of the opponent this week, it's the Giants who they just saw, obviously, a, a week ago. Um, you want to come out. You want to play well. Um, you know, you don't have to win 42 to 10, but you just want to play well and feel like you're building. All right. Well, let's let's rip the Band-Aid off with this discussion, because uh, I think that, you know, the look, there's and there's going to be there's a lot to, a lot of positives to talk about with the offense. But uh, obviously with the defense, this was this was yeah. a tough go, Greg. And this Cardinals offense we talked about last week, uh, there's a talent deficit on that side of the football for Arizona. Uh, they were missing their top receiver. Marquise Brown went on injured reserve. Uh, you know, we talked about that run game and that was that was an issue coming in. They were one of the top yes. run games from a production standpoint coming in. Uh, James Conner is a good NFL back uh, and he proved it in this game. The Eagles had nine missed tackles just in the run game. They had a handful else in the, in the past game as well, but nine missed tackles in this in this game against the run. The previous high in a game this year was five. They did that three times, all within the last few weeks uh, for what it's worth. Um, you know, A bunch of teams have had games this year where they've had nine missed tackles in the run game, but very, very uncharacteristic of, of this Eagles defense, and uh, it came back to bite them in the end in this game. Yeah, I mean, look, we probably discussed this before over the years, Fran. There's there's no magic as to why you either play the run well or don't play the run well. Yeah. You know, they certainly did not control the line of scrimmage and the point of attack. Wow. Um, there, there were issues at times with gap integrity on the second level. Yep. Um, 
So, you know, those two things really stood out. And, uh, you know, obviously they're they're fixable. It's not as if they're fatal flaws. They're certainly fixable. But it was a game that kind of got away from them in that regard. They couldn't seem to, to get it together to control the line of scrimmage. Um, and then, you know, the, the gap integrity issues. You know, I remember sitting with a coach a number of years ago at the Combine. And, you know, I, uh, he was a defensive coach. And I said, you know, when, when you struggle to stop the run, what, what usually accounts for longer runs, like 15-plus yard runs? That was the question I asked him. And and he basically just gave the answer I did. You know, yeah, he basically right. said, you know, you're not controlling the point of attack. And then the second level, just, you know, there's problems with your gaps. And that's how guys get runs. And yeah. essentially, like I said, it's not, it's, you know, there's no magic here. That's what happened in this particular game. But it is fixable. Yeah, I mean, there were 19, 19 runs of five plus yards for yeah. the Cardinals in this game. And typically like uh double digits, if you get to, you know, 10, 11, that's a bad day. That's kind of a bad day. Uh, yeah. you know, Nick Sirianni, he referenced the, uh, the Washington commanders game a year ago, the game on Monday night football, their Eagles first loss of the season in the Super Bowl year as like, all right, then, you know, Jonathan Gannon was probably thinking of this as the template uh, when orchestrating the game plan for this game. And uh, in that game, the Eagles had 12 yards, 12 carries uh, right. for 76 yards uh, on the, and that was the big thing was, on those uh, runs that went for over five, it only accumulated for 76 yards. Uh, this this In this one, it was up over 100. And so the, those big play runs, uh, those chunk gains just proved critical. And it was mostly uh, James Conner, but you had uh, two or three from Michael like Carter. Carter. You had one yeah, from Kyler yeah. Murray. Uh, Carter got, really got rolling there uh, in, in the middle of the game. So I think when you look at this run game, uh, obviously a huge, huge issue for the Eagles. And look, um, you know, Nick Sirianni talked about it after the game, referencing that, that game plan from Washington. You know, New York is watching this tape is uh, watching this tape as well. You would imagine they're going to try and replicate that here this week. Now uh, we're going to get into this, but this matchup uh, we just talked about it two weeks ago as the Eagles uh, prepare to take on the New York Giants. They played them twice in three weeks. The Eagles did a great job containing yeah. Saquon Barkley in that game at Lincoln Financial Field two weeks ago. So, um, you know, I think that when you look at trying to replicate that formula, that it might be easier said than done. That said, in this game against Arizona, yeah, well, you know, you may, you mentioned they're not, their inability to control the line of scrimmage. I mean, it was an issue from the opening drive uh, that Arizona was able to get the edge, you know, two or three times in the first five, six, seven plays. Yeah, normally, and I've learned this over the years, normally, and again, the Eagles don't have bad players. It'd be one thing if we were sitting here saying they had bad players, but they don't. So normally, you don't get hurt badly with the same thing two weeks in a row in the NFL. Yep. Normally. I mean, again, there's no 100% rule of here, Fred. But normally, if you have good players, that doesn't happen two weeks in a row. Um, and obviously, they're going to work on a lot of things this week as they prepare for the Giants, who certainly will want to come out and try to run the ball with Saquon Barkley, who, yep. by the way, has been very up and down this year. In, term, in their run game, it's not all on him, obviously, yep. but their run game's been very up and down uh, due to their O-line, which we'll get to. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, normally, uh, you know, and I remember Merrill Hodge telling me this years and years and years ago that, you know, teams get beat in a given week at times. And if they're good, if they're a good team with good players, it usually doesn't happen two weeks in a row. Yep. 
Well, the Eagles are hoping uh, they can bounce back here against the Giants defensively. And the the problem, too, is that, you know, it, it was a, a when it rains, it pours situation defensively because those missed tackles, I mean, they were happening at all three levels of the field. It, it wasn't just all that, you know, at linebacker level, they missed tackles. I can think on the top of my head, Josh Sweat getting stiff-armed in the whole opening drive. He missed a tackle on a sack of Kyler Murray that led to a touchdown. Uh, Shaq Leonard missed a tackle on the flat that led to a touchdown. Nicholas Morrow got stiff-armed once or twice. You go to the secondary, Avante Maddox, Reed Blankenship. Eli Ricks, James Bradbury, all those guys miss tackles. And, and some of these guys, it's not just backups. Like, they're starting players. Right. Uh, so this is something that the, the whole unit will certainly have to, uh, you know, kind of have a gut check going into this game to try and correct some of the issues that they see on tape. I don't know that there's a ton to, like, other – other. was there anything else that you kind of took away, uh, you know, from this film? Obviously, uh, it wasn't all bad defensively, but, you know, when you end the game with four straight touchdowns uh, against the, that, that offense, uh, obviously it's tough to walk away not having a bad taste in your mouth. No, and I, you know, I think that what you mentioned about the the nineteen runs of five plus yards, which I knew as well, you know, that allowed the cards to control the clock and ultimately control the game, yeah. and you know, and that's what happened because though, like you said, it's not like they had two long runs, you know, right? They, they yep. had yep. they had sustaining runs, yeah, and, and the sustaining runs is what allowed them to do what they did, um, you know, and and the other side of it was Murray was efficient throwing on first down. Yep. I mean that. That was the other factor that kind of along with the run game allowed them to really eat up the clock and 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 control the game. Third down uh, again, rearing its head. They, they they went fifty percent on third down, if my memory serves. Uh, a lot of those first down plays came off play action. Kyler Murray right. ran a lot of under center play action in this game. Um, you know, so they were able to get the opening play of the game. Trey McBride went for explosive play uh, off yeah. of play action boots. Remember it, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I, you know, there's a, a lot of things that the Eagles will certainly have to correct. Uh, Avante Maddox back in this game, uh, so hopefully that you know he can kind of get his sea legs under him here going into Week 18. I, I know he had an injury towards the end of the game, so we'll wait. We're recording this Monday night, so uh, no. No word yet on his injury status for week 18, but uh, defensively a lot to correct that said offensively, Greg, like, you know, there was a, there was a lot to take away. They only had, they had seven possessions in a game. There was no team that had six possessions in a game all season long. And right, so right, right. Uh, literally, you know, tied with X amount of teams for uh, the least amount of possessions in a football game, they were still able to get, uh, you know, what was it? 30 points uh, in this one. So, you know, credit the offense, but you know, obviously at the end of the day, just did not have the ball enough to be able to come away with the W. No, I mean it was pretty interesting that I think the um the first time they got the ball in the uh in the second quarter was with a minute and 53 left in the half. Yep. So just think about that for a minute, you know, that you're basically you played uh 13 minutes, more than 13 minutes of the second quarter and the Eagles did not have the ball on offense. Yeah, oh, well, you know, when you have a uh, two long drives and one of them ends in a pick a 99-yard pick six. Yep. yep. Now all of a sudden you know, that 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 time because the Arizona they're snapping the ball off, you could see them with the silent count. You could see the center go right as soon as the the clock hit, the play clock hit like five or four seconds, that's exa- that's when they were snapping. They were trying to bleed this game out as long as possible and keep the Eagles offense off the field. Um, you know, so, you know, look, they, they were able to uh, to take advantage, uh, the Eagles, a couple of times in this game. But the, the big thing, I talked about this last night on the postgame show, was, you know, you come out in the locker room, you get the ball for, uh, to start the game, you go three and out. You come out of the locker room in the second half, in the uh, second half, and you get your first possession, 
you go three and out. Uh, and then that drive, when you get it at midfield, uh, off the, the failed onside kick, which great job by Eli Ricks uh, being on top of that. Um, but you get that the, the ball there on a short field, and you only are able to get a field goal. So you have yeah. three really short drives on top of all of those long drives. I mean, they ran what, 47 plays? It was 50 plays on our uh, on our system, um, you know, including penalties and stuff. They're just not a lot of plays for this offense. Uh, but oh, what was your big takeaway after walking away from the film? Yeah, I mean, there were times watching the tape I felt that the Eagles showed a nice commitment to the run game and that they just did not get enough offensive snaps overall to build that as a foundation. But <clears throat> yeah. I thought they did a good job in the run game. Um, and, you know, you <laughs> would have liked to have seen more. Um, again, the other thing that was clearly noticeable was uh, the focus on 12 personnel. Yeah. Um, which we talked about a week ago, particularly in the second half, and it sort of stayed through this game. So, you know, that's clearly something that I guess the offensive staff feels that they want to do. Uh, we'll see if they do it again against the Giants. But um, but no, I thought the run game, you know, they, uh, you know, and again, I knew how many snaps they 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 had, you know, before I turned the tape on. Right. But as I'm watching, and particularly, um, you know, in the third quarter, I'm thinking, boy, they're running the ball pretty well. This is. You know, this is something I'd like to see more of, but they just didn't have enough plays. Yeah, the big thing I would say, you know, one of the things I wrote down, I thought Hertz played one of his cleanest games of the year uh, in this game. I, I thought that, you know, going in, it was something you and I talked about here on the podcast a week ago, going up against this defense, you, the you know Jonathan Gannon the way that they play they're going to try and force you to check down they're going to try right. they want you to try and force the issue and I thought that Jalen Hurts really kind of played within himself took what the defense gave him I thought that he hit a number of checkdowns in rhythm in this game uh, he was he, he had like what four or five incompletions uh, before that final drive and a couple you know you had a couple drops in there a couple deep balls in there like I, I thought overall he was just really really clean and efficient in this game I, I didn't really have any plays where I was like oh man like he'd like to have that one back um, I, I thought it was overall a very good performance there from Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it was very efficient. I mean, it just, you know, obviously the one thing you'd like, but the cards obviously were trying to take it away were bigger plays. They didn't have any explosives again. Yeah. Yeah, but you can't, you know, sometimes yep. look, you try to call them, but you can't force them. Yeah. Um, right. uh, you know, I like you said, I mean, he didn't have a turnover. Um I don't believe he was sacked either. Uh, um no, I don't think so. Obviously, he took the TFL on the the one QB run. I don't right, know, right, which is not really a sack, but yeah, yeah right. No, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I don't believe he was sacked either. So that, that was a uh, yeah. it was a, a very clean performance um, yeah. from Jalen in that st- from that standpoint. Um, you mentioned the uh, the lack of explosives. The longest play of the day. It came on third and three. It was a Dallas Goddard little slide route RPO, really well executed, well designed oh, yeah. RPO. They got out of it out twelve personnel. I, I like the way they got to it. Um, but that, that was the longest one. Yeah, that's a staple. We've seen that, you know, many, many times. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Julio Jones, uh, two touchdowns on the day. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was it was fun to see him in the end zone. The uh, the the oldest Eagle since 1997 uh, to score two touchdowns in a game. I thought you would enjoy that. Wow. Yeah, Irving Irving Fryer, the the, uh, the 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 name that was connected to uh, to Julio on that one. But Interesting. Uh, the first. Yeah, yeah. The, the first one was a uh, really nicely, nicely uh, executed play from Jalen in the red zone. I thought it was a really good read there, uh, getting to Julio. It was it, within structure. I want to say it was like the third read on that play. I don't, that was not the primary read for Jalen there. And then the second one uh, was. Who, who do you think the primary? Play. Who do you think the primary read was? Because they were in double stacks from reduced splits yep. and from inside the stack to the field ran the over route. So who did you think the primary? Because it I, looked like he was working that side first, like. So that was, I believe it was Devontae and Dallas on that side, if my, if my memory serves. I don't have the play in front of me. 
Um, but I believe he started on that side. You're and saying then, he started then, on the right side, and, and yep. Jones came from the left into his field of vision. Came into his vision, and he and he worked to it. Yeah, um, that, that's how I saw it anyway. Um, and the yeah. second one was definitely not that where he there was the no, uh, he was yeah. starting to his left, and they were running. Actually, it was the same two man concept that he threw uh, the pick six on to Dory Jackson, the same area of the field uh, a week ago, where uh, Dallas Goddard's running that speed out, AJ Brown's running the clear out, and he saw that the corner was sitting on that speed cut from Dallas. Goddard. So he got yeah, off yeah. of it, stepped up and out, and kept his eyes downfield and hit Julio uh, for the touchdown. It was a nicely done play from Jalen there. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, they were in cover two in the cover two corner. Thomas was kind of in peak trap mode, and uh, so Hertz didn't turn it loose. But they did get a little lucky because uh, the safety uh, tipped the ball, yep. but it still went right to Jones. So they got a little lucky there, but hey, it was, you know, it was the right. See, there's a case where not throwing the ball was the right deal because the, the corner, as as we both agree, was sort of in peak trap mode. Yep. Um, and then obviously, you know, the run game, it was basically 50-50 if, if uh, my memory serves in this one now. Uh, and that's even thrown off, too, because there were a couple two-minute drives in there where uh, there was the one at the end of the half where they went nine straight passes uh, on the drive. And so definitely more of a right. commitment to the run game, as you mentioned. Uh, and Hertz was a factor in the run game. I love some of the yeah. concepts. Some of them were really well executed. That one sweet play uh, was really well executed up front. Um, you know, obviously, there was one huge one that went for a negative gain late that we mentioned. Uh, there was a missed block, and Jalen didn't make a great read on the play. I think that was the one that was like second and really long. Yeah. What's ironic about that, and people were, you know, you could you could nit, nitpick the uh, the play call certainly, but I think that 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 play was very close to hit. If he had hit that downhill, uh, he might still be running. Uh, yeah, I, 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 the, I agree with you. I thought he made a bad read there. Yeah, it was a bad read on the on the yeah. run there. Yeah, uh, and there was a missed block at the point of attack, which didn't help. And I think that affected yeah. it. Um, you know, and Swift, uh, Swift had, it was an interesting game for Swift because I thought there were a handful. There was the one that was a 10-yarder with the jump, the lateral jump cut. Really, really good, decisive run. He had a couple, like, really good ones where I, I, yeah, I no, no, he, I thought he ran well. I mean, look, if it was a different kind of game, maybe he gets 20 carries and maybe he gets 120 yards, you know, yep. but it just didn't play out that way. Yeah, the one that I th- obviously that he would love to have back was the uh, the one in the four minute drill late in the game. Uh, the Jordan Mailata ends up getting flagged for the hold. Uh, half of that flag has got to go to uh, to DeAndre Swift, in my opinion, just because you know if he if he stays downhill, if he stays on a downhill path. Uh, I you know, especially in a four minute, you're trying to keep things right. uh, you know in between the tackles anyway. Uh, but he bounces. Jordan's not expecting him to bounce, and it ends up being a hold, uh, which obviously set the drive back. But uh, I think overall, Swift had a, a solid game. Uh, in yeah, so did I. I. I thought he ran well. And, um, yeah, offensively, I mean, again, you can always nitpick. That's what coaches do. But it was not a bad offensive performance. It's difficult when you run 47 plays. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's get into this week's matchup against the New York Giants. Obviously, this is familiar territory. We just talked about this team two weeks ago uh, in a preview. We just talked about the Eagles <laughs> playing this team one week ago. And so uh, some familiarity here. That said, uh, the Giants made a quarterback change at halftime the last time these two teams yes. played. So uh, the the discussion about this offense, especially after watching a full game with Terod Taylor as the starting quarterback, is much, much different. You know, we talked about that that Tommy DeVito offense being extremely siloed. They had to play a certain way. They really didn't do, like, any pure drop-back pass. And I'm watching against the Rams. You watch the first two possessions. This is a completely different offense. They're actually running, like, a pro offense uh, with yeah. Rod Taylor under center. And, and, and that's why DeVito got benched, you yes. know, at the half of the previous game, uh, the Eagles game, because, you know, he would drop back and he just wouldn't throw the ball. And, you know, you, then you have to start playing to that, and you don't want to do that. You know, yeah. so, you know, at least with Tyrod Taylor and he's been around the league a long time, um, uh, 
Uh, and you can line up and play with Tyrod Taylor, obviously, but you can run an NFL passing game because yep. there were far more intermediate and vertical route concepts that we saw this week against the Rams when he was the starter from play one than we really saw with DeVito. With DeVito for four or five games, every once in a while they would do something, but uh, they really didn't do much at all. And with Taylor, you can you can run those routes and those concepts. Right. And they'll mix in, uh, you know, some of the, the gadgety plays. They'll mix in yeah. some of the, we saw the uh, the long run from uh, Wandell Robinson in this game against the Rams. It went for a touchdown really well blocked up front. John Michael Schmitz and Andrew Thomas, some great blocks uh, out in space for uh, for Wandell on that play. Uh, he's he's actually starting to give him a little bit of juice. He, he's been more productive over these last few weeks. Uh, last year, second round pick in 2022, um, you know, pure slot guy, 5'8", 185 pounds, but uh, he's given them some juice over the last couple of weeks. And so that'll be someone uh, to watch here in this game. Darius Slayton uh, had an 80-yard touchdown. He had a big play touchdown against the Eagles as well, so two straight there for Darius Slayton. He's been a guy who's been in the th a thorn in the side of the Eagles uh, over the last few years as well. Yeah, and, and uh, with Slayton and Hyatt and Robinson, those were the three that got the majority of the snaps in their 11 personnel packages, and you know, Slayton and Hyatt can run, and you got to be careful yep. about that. Um, yep. The Eagles do not have great speed at, at outside corner. Um, and that, by the way, that Slayton touchdown was just a ridiculously good throw by Tyrod yeah. Taylor. I mean, he couldn't really step up and 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 you know hitch up and throw that ball, so he almost threw it without really striding into it. That ball went more than sixty-five yards in the air. And he yeah. dropped it right into Slayton's hands. Um, yeah, that's yeah. The thing. When, you, when you have that kind of juice, you've got Slayton, you've got Hyatt, so those guys can kind of push things vertically. Uh, Wandale doing a lot of the stuff underneath, and then yeah. you've got uh, Isaiah Hodgins, who's been a reliable possession threat for them, and then Darren Waller returning the lineup. He had uh, a bunch of catches this week against the Rams. So you know they, they've got pieces, and that's not even to count Saquon Barkley, who uh, was about you know if the ball was thrown three yards further outside, is catching a uh, a twenty-ish yard touchdown on a wheel route in the red zone uh, in this game as well. There was a little bit of an errant throw there from uh, Terod Taylor. Yeah. But you know, Saquon Barkley, we know he can do in space. This is a pass game. Like uh, They've got the ability to create plays, and they nearly beat a good Rams team this week. No question, and I think that's what's important here. They have speed on the perimeter. They've got a back that is is an explosive back, maybe not a the best sustaining back in the league, but an explosive back um, and, and, and a very good receiver, like you said. So he can certainly either from being offset in the backfield, running a wheel type routes or seam routes or being split out, he can be a factor. So this is this. They have NFL quality skill position players and, and Taylor, while he'll, you know, he'll always miss some. And that's one reason why he spent a good part of his career as a backup. Although yep. he's been a starter, he started a lot of games in this league. Um, so you certainly can line up and play with him, but he'll miss some that he should make, um, you know, and occasionally he'll, uh, you know, he'll run out of there when he shouldn't. But that's the other thing. He can make second reaction plays, and that also has to be factored into your defensive approach. Yeah, he had a couple scrambles against yeah. the Eagles. He had a long run against the Rams uh, this past week, and yeah. so that's something that you have to account for. And it's different from the and that's and that was the big thing is that when he comes into the game at halftime last week, you know, you have a whole game plan surrounding. All right, we're gonna we're handling uh, Tommy DeVito. Uh, that doesn't necessarily take into account Tyrod Taylor as a scrambler. DeVito scrambled as well, but not to the extent of what uh, Tyrod can do. So, um, you know, that, that's something the Eagles will definitely have to make some tweaks for in the game plan here this week. Yeah, and it's funny you started off by talking about the totally different looking offense. You know, one note I made watching it was one thing that stands out with the Giants offense is that they will take their shots with the vertical route concepts on first and 10 between the 40s and at times even from a little deeper in their own territory. And that's yeah. now with Taylor in the game. So you have to be aware of that. 
Yeah. No, it's uh, uh, certainly something to watch there with this pass game. And then, uh, you know, obviously with with Tarad's, uh factor with his legs as well. We talked about Saquon. We talked about what uh, what Arizona did this past week. They will certainly try and replicate that formula, try and get a little bit more success on the ground than what they had a couple of weeks ago at the link. Uh, we know that, you know, the, the, the skill set that Saquon's got from a physical, physical standpoint. Now it's about them trying to capitalize on that. They've had some injuries up front along the offensive line. That will not help things. I thought the Eagles for the most part, dominated the line of scrimmage uh, in the run game uh, in that game a couple weeks ago. So if the Eagles are able to do that in this one, uh, that should prevent what happened last week against Arizona. Yeah, you would think so. Um, but uh, but I think the bottom line point is, is while people might not have a real positive view of the Giants these days, they do have good players, particularly yeah. on offense. The issue is they're all line. And this is where the Eagles really, I think, have to dominate to some degree. Because And, and now with Phillips out at right tackle, yeah. um, done for the season, he won't play this week. Um, and he wasn't a great right tackle, but he'd been the starter and I believe five of the last six or six of the last seven. So yep. he's been playing. So now you're going even another, you know, you're going uh, one more on your depth chart. And, uh, um, and I think that Thomas is a really good left tackle. The rookie center has been up and down, in my opinion. He's been, you know, he's had some solid games and some solid plays, but I don't think he's been great. And, yep. you know, other than that, you know, I think it's, they're, they're a beatable O-line. Yeah, and the Rams had five sacks, I believe, in this game. So, yep. uh, you know, that's something you hope that the Eagles are able to take advantage of. Uh, but we, as we've talked about, I mean, the pass rush does not have has not been consistent enough for no. the Eagles over the last several weeks. And so, uh, you know, we can say like, oh, the Eagles should dominate this matchup, but we we have to see that now uh, at this point in the season. Let's go over to the other side uh, where we again we with this defense, uh, we know the identity. Uh, there's no mystery to what <laughs> Nick Martin no. is going to be doing. No. Uh, you know, they're they're gonna they're gonna it's gonna be heavy. Blade. It's going to be, uh, you know, a lot of man coverage on the back end, um, but you can expect a, a very aggressive approach from this defense going into this game. I mean, in, in each of the last two weeks, you know, the Eagles game in this game, they they rushed five or more on almost 30 dropbacks. Right. I mean, it's just crazy. <laughs> and, 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 you know, th- there's a lot going on with how we with how uh, Wink Martindale does this. It's not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He rushes this guy. I mean, you know, you'll see safety blitz. Uh, you'll get a lot of multiple front looks, multiple pressure schemes, which at times include stunts. Defensive backs overall are a significant part of his pressures, slot corners, outside corners, the safeties. I mean, you know, you, this is a tough challenge, you know, mentally for, um, you know, how to deal with this and your, and your running backs have to be able to block. I mean, we saw this week how good a blocker Kyron Williams is um, yep. and, and your, your running backs have to be able to block. Uh, they blitz on 53.5% of their defensive snaps. That's second in the league. I would imagine Minnesota is the only team that's ahead of them right now. Uh, but they're 53.5%. DBs blitz, Greg, on 17.9% of their dropbacks. That's yeah, and, I, and, about. and to me, they blitz more than Minnesota because, you know, a lot of these websites, which we all look at, obviously, sure, yeah. Minnesota plays a lot of five-man fronts. Yeah, so the numbers can get janky a little bit. Yeah. And the numbers get skewed. Because to me, if you if you have five down line, five D linemen and they rush, you know, they're always counted, as you know, as 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 a blitz, but I don't view that as a blitz. Right. Wink Martindale blitzes. 
Yes. Uh, and look, they, they got to Matthew Stafford and fooled Matthew Stafford uh, a couple of times in, in this game. You know, Isaiah Simmons sack uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, a good example of that where, you know, they, they're going to yep. overload the fronts and sometimes guys are going to come, sometimes they're not. And now you get into the cat and mouse game against the center and against the quarterback and the running back where it's like, okay, who's actually going to come? Uh, and now some of that is going to be on the quarterback in terms of uh, making yeah. sure that you account for those extra rushers. You know, there are times, I mean, on that play, the Simmons blitz, you know, Dane Belton is right there next to Simmons and all you know basically on the line of scrimmage he dropped back to the post on that play so yeah. you're you there's a, just a lot to account for no there's a, a lot going on here and it's a tough you know it's a tough defense to play against but obviously the Eagles had success the first time they played them I mean yep. you know so uh, you know and and it's a division game it, you know they know the team they they know Martindale they know what he likes to do um you know so we'll see I mean you know obviously the Eagles in the last game when they beat them um you know, they had some individual plays that were really big time plays. Obviously, they had the Smith 36 yard touchdown, which, you know, I thought was bad defense. But again, it's still, hey, that's what it is. Um, and, and they had the Brown 32 yarder on third and 20 early in the fourth quarter, which was a really good play by Hertz. Um, so, you know, they've moved the ball on this defense. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Greg, uh, you know, we talked the, at the very top about how it's just important for this team to kind of build a little bit of momentum going into the postseason. Uh, you watch a lot of tape all, all across the NFL. You've been watching for years and years and years. You know, the Eagles are, are not, not – look, it has not been smooth over the last month. We know this. They've lost four or five games. Uh, it's possible for them to turn things – a lot of the, the issues that we're seeing, a lot of the stuff we're talking about is stuff that is correctable. Now it's just the, the matter of like, all right, going out and correcting these mistakes. You know, one thing I'm anxious to see, Fran – and and normally, and again, this is I've learned from others, you know, although I noticed it on tape doing it for so many years, but I've learned from from others. Normally, when you're trying to sort of stabilize your offense in particular, teams do that by running the ball. They don't necessarily come out and toss it all over the yard. I'll be curious to see if they do that, um, because that also limits blitz as well. You know, if you mm -hmm. can line up and run the ball, maybe they'll be in 12 personnel. Maybe that gets the Giants in their base defense, some 5-2 fronts where you're not likely to see as much pressure, you know, in a 5-2 front as you would from their nickel. And by the way, the other thing that's been fascinating to me about Wink Martindale, given his history, is five straight games now in a row, they've only played nickel as their sub defense. Yep. They've not played one snap of dime, which very you know, different than last year. Yeah. Right. Right. Which, yeah. And, and very different from right. when he was in Baltimore. Right, so, sure. you know, so it's just been very interesting that I've noticed that. And that's what he's Do you done. think that those numbers are just off of because, because of uh, Isaiah Simmons and him being labeled as a backer, uh, just because they know it with his hybrid skill set and how they use him on third down. It's possible that they view him as kind of, you know, a player who's kind of a safety linebacker hybrid. Yeah, right? Okay. He's going to be that piece. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Pinnock got hurt this week too. We'll see. I don't know what his injury is, but I know Belton came in, um, which of course limited their ability to play big sure. nickel, which has been something they played a lot of yep. and then actually played a lot of against the Eagles, uh, two right. weeks, you know, a week ago. So yeah, with all the 12 personnel. Yeah. Right. So we'll see, you know, it, it I don't know if Pinnock, you know, like I said, we're, we're speaking on a Monday night, you know, there's, there's no report yet on Pinnock. So we don't know. Um, let's see. So, so far, uh, the x-rays cleared on his foot injury. Um, so we'll see uh, kind of what that right. means in terms of like, okay, is it, is it a sprained foot and they're just going to rest him just to uh, get him ready in the off season? Or is he going to try and give it a go? Uh, at this point, uh, that remains he, to be seen. 
because he, he normally plays every snap with McKinnon. Yes, he's yeah. an every down player for them. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that would be a big loss. Well, uh, Greg, we'll be back next week, uh, win or loss, uh, breaking down this game uh, for the Eagles. The Eagles are in the postseason. Uh, yeah. We'll find out if this is going to be a home game or a road game. Uh, it's a 25% chance, essentially, uh, that this is going to be a home game for the Eagles, 75% chance uh, based on outcomes that uh, the Eagles will be on the road. Then it's a matter of who they would face <clears throat> on the road in wild card weekend. But either way, we'll be here breaking it all down. Greg, thanks so much for joining us once again for Chalk Talk. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Fran. Great stuff there from Greg. Thanks to him and thanks to all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our X's Nose content here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you next week.